actually one of my original points. Uh, when I was a youngster growing up, you've got the the bug on you. Oh, that's cool, man. Okay. Well, she's bugs. gonna yeah. yeah. If um, it gets close to me, I'm not going to be able to handle it. He's kind of a mascot. <laughs> was, I'm not sure if it's one or just the same five that you're putting in the trash can. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I was going to take the trash can outside eventually and like, try to scare them free. Well, I'll just take them outside. Hammer her. I mean, like dude, a McDonald's employee trying to make a commercial with cavemen. No. no that makes sense <laughs> in my head. Um, but... Oh! A popular outcast production. We're going. Okay. Oh, hey, what's up? He didn't see you come in. <laughs> yeah. Justin, stop sitting by that fireplace with that open book and come talk to us. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Careful of the bearskin rug. I oh! just had it. <laughs> it's still alive. Kill it. Oh, no. This is like a, a old-timey radio play. Yeah. <laughs> this Justin, the aliens are attacking the world. I don't think this is an old-time radio play, but what is it? This is Sir. Big ice. Oh, hey. Welcome to it. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Dylan. I'm Bill, and I'm doing the fist pump because that was so good. <laughs> Welcome to it. <laughs> and, and with us I is... really like that. And super special guest. Kaylin Kratzer. Whoa, yeah. Dylan, give us a recap of last week. Last <laughs> week, we talked about a bunch of different stuff. That led us into this week. <laughs> that led us into this week. <laughs> Welcome to Serving Ice. I'm Dylan. <laughs> Justin. I'm, I'm Bill! And super special guest. Kaylin Kratzer. Yeah. If, uh, if everyone remembers, Kaylin Kratzer is our Mary Kay friend who also is married to Cody. And I used to be your pregnant friend. Do you yeah, remember that's... when Cody introduced me like that? Yeah, yeah. Cody and I started dating when I was like five or six months pregnant, and uh -huh. he introduced me to his friends as my pregnant friend, Kaylin. Oh, that's nice. It yeah. was so lovely. Yeah. I felt yeah. so honored. This is my pregnant friend. This is basically my manatee that I just called. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my, my brother oh. is horrible, and he used to call me a sea cow. Oh. No. <laughs> no. Brothers. That's what they're supposed to do, I guess, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, we were talking a lot. Like, we started to get into the religion thing, and before we started recording, we were just about to start getting into, like, a motivation thing. And I think it's really interesting because it seems like a lot of people, I've worked a lot of retail jobs. I feel like everybody in this room, I, you either work retail or, or you food, go to college or, or, or and then, and work then you retail. work retail. <laughs> yes! yes. I'm sorry. Are people sleeping? No. That's like the second time I yelled out of exclamation. It, it's fine. <laughs> um, but then you also have either food you work. Service. Yeah. Food service or retail. Yeah. Those are the teenage jobs. Yeah. Or, well, or even mid adult. The, yeah. Can I just say well, that American I'm going to require, jobs. I'm going to require all of my children to work one of those yeah. before they become an adult. Doesn't that like, yeah. It humbles you in a way that nothing else before can. They, yeah. Before they hit 10. And not only that, but like Child you. labor laws. Excuse me. It doesn't, it, not only does it humble you, but it also teaches you to not be a dick to people who are Empathy. in those. Yeah. I know people who. Or you just become a cynical bastard. No, 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 no. I mean, like, when you go to a store, if you've already worked retail, you're less apt to be like, just look and shut up, leave me alone. Uh, You'll be right. like, uh, yeah, I know you gotta say this stupid bullshit. This is how you have to greet me with all your sales and everything, you know? Or like in food service, it's like, oh, you understand tipping is how they get yeah, money. And so and, I always yeah. tip well because I've worked in the food service industry, so. Yeah. Even if they're shitty, you still tip pretty good. The pastor, always. The pastor never this been morning. There's never that I don't tip. He told us to tip well today. Uh, of course, yeah, because yeah. he does. And he, I love that dude. He is the real deal. We should get him on the podcast. Sure. He's not much of a conversationalist. Arden would probably get on. Arden would do it, yeah. I'm into model trains. 
model trains. I don't know. And if, model T. Fords. I don't know if Arden does this to everybody, but he makes me feel like I'm the most important person ever. He does. Okay. He does it to everybody, okay. except for me. He picks on me like no other. That means it makes you not special. <laughs> <laughs> he makes you. You're not special, but he makes you feel like you are. I the think most that means special. that you're the most special. <laughs> yeah. No, he picks on me like no other. Like okay. he calls me eight count because I was making fun of his dancing because I'm a dancer. And right. so I'm like, I can teach you how to dance. Um, and he was like, no, and he started making fun of me because I was like, you only have to count to eight. And yeah. I was like, Oh, it's the same eight count over and over. And so he's like, Oh really? Oh really? I'm like, yeah, I interrupted you, Bill. Well, we were talking about motivation and it seems like a lot of people in this area, I think get trapped in the mentality of, you can only go so far. Yeah. A lot and, of people everywhere, I think. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, like, I'm only speaking from oh, like, yeah, my yeah, personal from experience. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and I think, um, I think that a lot of people, especially when it's a creative type, mm-hmm. because like a lot of the people who we know are incredibly creative people. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of times when I'm having a conversation with any of those folks and I suffer from it myself, it's like, oh, if you want to do this, you have to go here. If you want to work in this industry, you have to go there. And now we're at a point where, like, the age of the internet, where people are able to be creative from their home. Yeah. You know, the that's just... fields more level. Yeah, exactly. And you'll be very apt to get discovered, quote-unquote, in an entertainment field from well, doing this stuff yourself. He's going to say he has an interesting theory about this. What was my theory? You're about to tell it. Was I? You said before... Although it levels the playing field. Oh, yeah, yeah. The idea that the internet levels the playing field, it might allow everybody the opportunity, but then it's the same problem as it was before. There's more yeah. shit to sift through. There's, yeah, yeah it's still... Everyone has the opportunity. <laughs> pretty yeah. much. So it's still harder for you to get noticed because there's so much there, and it's pretty much the same opportunity as you had before. I think... If I, it was a new medium, nah, man, a new I, delivery service, then people would notice more. Are you sure? Because... Yeah. Uh, This is what I think. I think, especially with the internet, to a degree, the good shit rises to the top. For the most part, that's what happens. But there are talented people who are left behind. There's a lot of good shit. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of. So what you're saying is, now that you, you're not saying like it's easier to get discovered. You're saying that there's not a lot of shit. There's there's a lot of really good stuff. That yeah, a little bit of both. Okay, so there's more competition, and there's also there's a lot of content. There's a lot of competition, and there's also a lot of quality stuff out there but it's harder to find yeah because it's everywhere right yep all it takes is that one like retweet from somebody with like a million followers that's really what it comes down to like indeed it's always not what you know but it's who you know yeah always always yeah and sometimes like there there are celebrities who like are pretty chill and will you know retweet your stuff even if you're not another celebrity but I, I mean, shouldn't say always, always, but... But, I mean, like, how many people do you know that got a job because they knew somebody who already worked there? I've never... I'm not, raising my hand right now. Yeah. I've never gotten a job by putting in an application. It's every single time has been either from me going in and from people being like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, I know you from... Yeah, yeah, or from someone knowing me and being like, hey, mm-hmm. here you go. Yeah, it's really interesting how, like, uh, the one hand washes the other an awful lot. Yes. I thought of what my third point was. Oh, okay. And I also thought of something else, and I thought of something else. <laughs> no. Okay. You ha- no, you third point. Third point. Third point. You have one thing. Before it's gone. Third point. Oh, shit, I think I forgot about number, <laughs> number two already. Third point 
No, we were just talking about something. Oh, okay. All right. Second point was what we we're just talking about when I say that uh, about the jobs and, yeah. that I've gotten. When I said on the last episode how I think I've only gotten this far because I am uh, charming, engaging, yeah, charming. Yeah. Um, that carries over into the job thing, and yeah, it's not that I don't have anything else going for me, mm-hmm. and that's not me being like down on myself. But I'm really great at a lot of things, but none of those things that I do and in the way that I feel comfortable doing them are marketable. Right. So I will never get a job doing. You know, it's all. I have these two things going for me, and that's what's working. And then that transfers into the third point, which is, which is that didn't hurt. Why did I say Wait, the, the real third, third point, point or the third point from the no? Last the, point? Yeah, the third, the real third both. point. Yeah, Let them, yeah, the sorry, original third point sorry, sorry. is. I think that that's why I'm afraid of going bald, because, like you said, the defense me- or like using what you have, like the looks are the one thing that I have out of two things, and. If, if you lose those one, go, yeah, 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 and then I'm like, fuck, man, they, they and that will that would do, affect your that would affect just your be a charming bald guy. No, 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 because like if, if he loses his self esteem because of the looks, the then the charm. Yeah, oh, I didn't All even right. think about that. That gives me a whole new complex, <laughs> dude. Like, look at me. Like, I wasn't. I mean, I had friends, I guess, through life. Yeah. Um, nobody like who I have now, obviously, because I mean, like, when you get older, you like yeah. create more. Yeah, you die. You create closer relationships because you are afraid of death and like you want to have things happen a legacy so to speak yeah you want people to miss you but like i only had people who wanted to be around me because of performing in some manner not i don't mean just on stage because i like i spent a lot of time in bands and so i had a lot of people who were like oh he's cool he's in a band i want to be his friend that's interesting and then at work i was the funny guy at school i was the funny guy and like i'm not a good looking fella it's not like I've got a great body. I'm not even that quick-witted, but once a week I'll have that one that's just like, holy shit, <laughs> I wish I thought of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because of that thing, like I'm able to have the confidence to I be feel, okay with having I people like, around me. Yeah. I feel like we're in the same boat. Because like, we're not sea monsters. Right. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we realize what we are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're definitely like Sasquatch. Yeah, yeah. No. no Wait, no. We, people know about us? People have seen us. What? There's photographic evidence of us. Sasquatch. I, re- I really do like having hair, though. But <laughs> yeah, but I, but I think subconsciously it goes back to that thing. Bill, when you were downstairs, your thing was that you said, or were you getting to that, or did you forget that? No, go ahead. About. Go ahead, Caleb. Wait. About, about how he didn't interrupt her. Though. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, I thought that was interesting. I'm sorry, Chris texted me, and it was. That's okay. It was odd that he texted me at this time, and, it, and it's about a fish. Uh, <laughs> Is this fish okay? Yeah, they just got him They just broke up? They just had a fight? <laughs> yeah. And oh, now, and now oh. there's a... No. Am I joking about something that's really happening? No, 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 no. Okay. No, 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 no. Did him and they, they got a beta. No, they got a beta, and they were just asking me if we turned the Is light she pregnant? off. So. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, there's something that's interesting, and you hear it happening right now, like when the three of us are talking. We interrupt each other constantly. Every single podcast that I'm on, we constantly interrupt each other because we're like, and it's not the normal interruption where it's like, I got to get my point and like, I'm not listening to yours. It's like, we want to try to build on stuff. Everything that you've said, nobody's interrupted you. And it's really interesting because I think there's a standoffishness with the confidence that you exude. Because like I said before, I'm not as close to you as these two fellows are, but I've seen you out quite a few times. We've had conversations even 
and this is not to diminish these guys because it's our podcast, but I can say you're sitting in my house being on a podcast that I'm a host of as a guest, and I still am, how do I put it? You just carry yourself very well to the point where I feel like uh, intimidated. Yeah, intimidated. A little bit shaken. Yeah. yeah. It was interesting when you said the power dynamic in the room yeah. before, and then when we were downstairs, it's like, wait a minute, I think she had the power. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, carrying on from last time, jumping in, welcome to Serving Ice. Boom. Have I thought of Christians differently since I met you and Cody? Yeah. The question was, how has your perception, if at all, has it changed since being intimately close with Cody and relatively close with me? I'm sure my perception is changing all the time. I try not to break it down like that anymore. And I think for many, many years I did. What do you mean by that? I think I saw a definitive line between, hey, there are Christians and then there are us. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was a really... That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I'm not proud of thinking that. It is still a fact in a way. Bill, if I were talking to you, you as a non-believer, I would say there are Christians that exist in the world, and then there are us, meaning you and I, who share this common bond of sure. not what they are. You know? Yeah, exactly. But it's no longer a factor in my mind when I, you know... And I think that I would be lying if I said I didn't still have preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. Because I have preconceived notions. I don't think you can change that about anything. Right. That's why they're preconceived. Yeah. So I think that it's always adapting and growing and whatevering. Um, <laughs> it has changed. I can't So when you when you look at change. me as a person, when you think about Kaylin the person, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Is it Christian? I don't know. Or is it lasagna? Honest. Because so much of what I want to be as a Christian should be... That's the Lasagna. reason why I do the things I do, like feed people, make yeah. sure people are eating. When someone needs a place to stay, they, I want to be the house that they knock on the door. That is the reason why I do the things I do, but it's not the title. Does that make sense? The title of a Christian isn't why I do the things I do. It's because of the belief system that I have and the love that flows out of me is why I do the things I do. So when I think about what I want to leave in this world, it's not Kaylin was a Christian or Kaylin had this particular belief system, but it was she impacted the world around her because of who she was. And not, yeah, and, and it would be worse for people to say, Christian, who did this, as opposed to she did this and was a Christian. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Do you think that you can have the two? Do you think that you can have that without that? Yeah. Okay. I think it's absolutely possible to be a human being with a belief system rather than being defined by a title of a religion. Gotcha. So, so it doesn't flow through you because of that, but it flows through you. And the, then there is The this. values of Christianity are something that I hold very close to me. Okay. So I think that even if I weren't a Christian, the values that are inspired by Christianity, like unconditional love and faithfulness and generosity and reaching out and being there for the underdog. Those are things that I would still hope I would want to exemplify regardless of the reason why I was doing them. But now for me, there's a greater purpose behind it all. It's not just pointlessness. There's nothing wrong with wanting to live a life full of hope and joy and peace. And that's the life that I have. And a lot of people that I come into contact with that don't have that are angry whether they want to admit it or not. 
And I'm not saying that all non-believers are angry. Right. But I'm saying people who are quick to tear down my belief system usually lack those things. And I posted something on Facebook a few days ago or a week ago. It said, hate all you want to, but you're probably hating on people who are successful, driven, motivated, powerful. And if you are a hater, you're likely none of those things. Right. Because the people who are in want are the first to condemn those who have. That and makes a lot of sense. Truly happy people don't usually complain exactly. about other people. And in knowing me, one thing yeah. that I would really hope is that you're not hearing out of my mouth, oh, that person and her drama or whatever. That's just not who I want to be. And now there's a bigger purpose behind it all. It's not just we're just going to float through this temporary life and then it's over and then there's nothing left. Right. There's a bigger meaning for it behind all of that. And that's the biggest thing. When people try to argue me out of my Christianity, I laugh at them because I'm like, you're ridiculous. What's so wrong with me wanting to live for something bigger than myself? Right. And you don't walk around and try to convert other people, you were going to say. I I was going to say. I'm trying to interrupt you during this. I'm trying to break out of yeah, the last exactly. podcast so it's more of a conversation and not like dissertation, dissertation, your turn. Dis- you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's more of like a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were talking about, what were you going to say? I was going to say that going back to my youth, one of the biggest Christian role models that I had was my grandmother on my dad's side. This is a woman who she took me to church and when I went there, Like, my family didn't have a whole lot of money, but she did. Actually, I don't even know if that's necessarily true, but I know that she spent her money on her church clothes. And uh, you go there, and, like, every guy who was there, even the children, were wearing suits. And they're, like, all in unison doing the same, like, you know, and it was more like a, you would see on television, like like a televangelist kind of thing going on. And there were several times where, and I know when she got older, there was a difference but I didn't live around her when she was older. Although there are some stories that I could just tell you and you'd be like, what? But regardless, I remember her being an incredibly bigoted person. And I remember her doing, well, uh, one example, we were walking out of a store and there was a family of Spanish speaking people in front of us and they were speaking Spanish to each other. And my grandmother started laughing and we were like, what's going on? And she just goes, loud as can be oh my goodness i was so embarrassed and ashamed and like not only that but um maybe 14 okay old enough to realize that it was an incredibly racist thing to do and also an incredibly hateful thing to do and also an incredibly non-christian thing to do so that was the thing that i grew up with and i remember when i was in school at one point this kid had come up to me and he basically like was ready to punch me in the face. It was in like an elementary school or something. And it was on the playground and he was like, are you a Christian? And we're like seven or eight, you know, I had no idea what that meant at that point. Cause my parents weren't religious, you know, and I hadn't spent time with her yet. And I was like, yeah, cause you're going to beat me up if I say no, it seems. And it was like, all right, you know, and like, Growing up with those types of Christian role models, it seemed like everything that I had in my life was that. And then I start making friends with you guys, and you guys are like, 
not like that at all. And Justin and Cody and you, Caitlin, uh, are like super accepting and loving and, um, the same values that I care about. You know what I mean? Like the same stuff that I had grown up thinking, these are what these people are supposed to be about. And I've never seen it come from them. I've only heard that that's what you're supposed to be. Agree. And then I finally meet people who actually do follow that sort of a path or whatever. You know what I mean? And those are also the things that I was like, you know, like that I am into. Like, I want to be able to help people. If somebody needs something, I want to be able to do whatever I can to do to help them. I want to bring joy to people's lives, make them feel warm and accepted and everything like that. And you guys do such a good job of that. You know what I mean? But on the other hand, there is like a, I want to say like a little bit of an uneasiness. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what if I cross a line? You guys are too nice to be like, you know, like, hey, you crossed the line in my no, head. I'm not. <laughs> no, I know. But in my in my head, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, that's going to change a perception like and further down the road, that's going to cause a, a wedge. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and I've often struggled with how my personality fits with my faith. Right. And the reason I say that is because I'm as sassy as they come, especially Uh in my personal relationships. I'm not the type of girl to go sulk in a corner while you try to figure out what you said to offend me. Right. That's not who I am at all. And honestly, the way that the Bible portrays Jesus, that's not how he was either. Right. And I like that. I like that it's not about... I'm just thinking of a sassy Jesus right now. <laughs> if you talk about the temple scene, okay? Yeah. When he was, like, flipping tables, um, Jesus was kind of like yeah. the bomb. Like, yeah. he was. That would he be was... instant replay on the reality show. Yeah, yeah. totally. I mean, People highest... have been talking about it for years. Exactly, yeah. Just like and... when Puck and Rachel made out in, that, in the real world. Yes, like two or yes. Something. <laughs> so, th- you know... the. I've often really struggled with that because I, it makes me really sad that there's kind of this, um, uneasiness around the people that are close to me that think that they're going to cross some boundary where I'm just going to go, you know, crazy old white church lady on them. And it's not, not with you, but I'm saying I've seen that kind of thing happen with people that I'm close with that I cross the boundary. You know what I mean? Well, if you ever crossed a boundary with me, the conversation would be like, Hey, dude, you crossed a boundary. Yeah. Right. And let's, that's it. Let's and, cross some boundaries right now. Well, and, and honestly, a lot of that has <laughs> to do with, I'm done with that. me. And I don't mean this to be offensive, but me being one of the most rational females that I know. Um, a lot of it, I think, has to do with the whole being a girl thing. Because there, you know, like I told you guys before we started filming, there is a small portion of me that once, once you... Uh, you know, there is a very small area that is such a soft spot for me that does make me enraged. Yeah. But that doesn't have to do with my Christianity. It's right. not, you're going to offend me so much so that I condemn you to hell. And, right. that, you know, that's I, so not <laughs> me. This goes back to your earlier thing when you said people trying to talk you out of faith. Can you agree that in some circumstances, faith can be detrimental? I think misguided, blind trust in things that don't benefit in any way can be detrimental. Uh-huh. So that's I'm a, talking about... That's a good answer. And I, I don't like how I asked that either. I asked that like the way I phrased it and the way I left a place for you to respond. Like I didn't explain where I was coming from. It's like, let me see your answer and then I'll fucking... 
And then I'm going to nail you to the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's totally not what I'm going for. And I don't want to argue. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to. But your answer was great. Um, But to me, I think that there are occasions where I see people, even in different religions or whatever, faith in anything. I think that sometimes that, like you were saying, the blind trust and, and such can be detrimental. And I was wondering, I asked Justin this. There was an article online that somebody, a uh, British scientist or paleontologist, not paleontologist, he doesn't mess with dinosaurs, but so there's some guy allegedly that found what he called proof that the Bible was not real. Oh, uh, that was all horse puppy. Yeah. But say there is proof. No, no, I think it was that Jesus wasn't real. Okay, that Jesus. That Jesus oh, was talking a, about the Turkish. That Jesus was a constructed idea created by the Romans to quell the Jewish uprising. Yes. For the record, I don't think that's possible, but that's okay. I'm just thinking, like, in a world where, and I understand that people of faith, if the faith was strong enough, would still believe anyway, even if they were like, this is science, there's no way to refute this. You know, I, I would think that people that are steadfast would still believe. I would like to think that no matter what scientific evidence came out, the fruition in my own personal life and my own journey has been enough to sustain me. Yeah, and that's... Totally fair. I would look at that and I would think that people in my life that, like my grandmother on my mother's side, was very Catholic. And I think about the sacrifices that she made and coming from a standpoint of a non-believer, if there were scientists that would would say like, hey, here is evidence. This is how we found it. And if, you know, the scientific community seemed to go with that, I would say, okay, that makes sense in my mind. And now there's evidence. I would look around and the people close to me that made such sacrifices in their life, I would be so angry on their behalf, you know? And I would think if this whole thing, it was like a a couple episodes ago, I talked about the founding fathers. And when I was a kid, I was like, they did great things (laughs) in revolution. And then I come to find out that they're terrible people and they just didn't teach me that in, in low grade elementary school. Right. And I felt so... Betrayed. Betrayed, yes. I used to have this pin. I got it when I was like 14, when I still was like, America. America. Yeah. It said, uh, God, guns, and guts made America free. It might have been a little bit. Can I ask you a quick question, though? Yes, go for it. Do you think it's possible for someone to do both bad and good things and not be a terrible person? Yeah. Do you think it's okay for a murderer to not be a terrible person? Uh, I have a hard time with that. Did we have that conversation? Like, can you be racist and can you also be a good person? It's I think a difficult it's, struggle. it's a subjective thing. Yeah. It's totally what defines. That was our Paula Dean episode. Yeah, I yeah. love me some Paula Dean. Me yeah. and Butter, dude. <laughs> what? What were you gonna say? I wasn't. Oh, I thought you. Had. Um, that is really interesting. Yeah. Um, there is no ultimate evil or ultimate good. There's just so many layers to it. Like, can you do bad things for good reasons? Can you do good things for bad reasons? Is there a universal truth, or can you say everything is subjective? I remember uh, there was a movie about that, and I can't remember what it was, but I feel like it was uh, late 80s, early 90s, where the guy, he kidnapped a guy, or no, a guy's wife, and like was going to kill her and kept her in a box and all this. I don't remember exactly what he did, but I, spoiler for a movie that I don't remember what it was called, but... Like, at the end of the movie, like, the guy finally finds the guy who kidnapped his wife and did all these terrible things. Saul? No. I was going to say, is this Saul? No, 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 no. But the reason why he did it 
was because when he was a kid, he was swimming and he saw a kid who was drowning. He like rescued this kid who was drowning, pulled him out of the water, did CPR, brought him back to life. And he went through his entire life thinking he like everybody like, you know, was calling him a hero and everything like that because he did like, you know, he saved another human being's life. He did like one of the ultimate good things that you could do. And it started to eat at him because he was like, I feel like I'm misquoting it, but it was like he decided to do this horrible thing to see if a person could do the best thing in the world, save a human being, and the worst thing. That's interesting. Yeah. That was the whole idea of, like, why he did what he did. And I think that it's really interesting. Like, most of us will say, like, if you say, do you think a person can be good and bad? Almost everybody's going to say yes. But then you attach the word rapist or murderer or child child molester. molester. Yeah. Those dirty. Those, those are the, the ones that I would. They're be like, like the, well, yeah, they're the dirty magic words. You yeah. know what I mean? There are certain words that definitely have like a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And those three, and even more so than murder, rape and child molestation. Those two, ugh, like they're just they they're are icky. worse. Yeah, because there are people out there in the world who are like, ah, you know what? He killed a guy. You know, maybe like, yeah, you know, like yeah. yeah. But nobody's ever like, well, I can't. that kid probably deserved. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I can't forgive people who leave leftovers in the fridge and never eat them. That I never eat leftovers. I'm not into. I don't. It. I can't. I'm not about that life, son. Nope. It's not about that life. But yeah, I think it's really interesting when you get to the psychology of those words in particular, because everybody knows that those are the worst things you can possibly do. And so for me, the amount of good that came from the actions of our forefathers has been extremely beneficial for generations after, whereas the pain that they caused in their own lives had a much smaller ripple effect. So is it possible that they're still good people with issues? Yeah, I don't know. Getting back to the religion thing, I think it's kind of interesting oh, yeah, yeah. because you had said before that you've had people basically proselytize atheism or just no religion, not necessarily atheism to you. You've had that happen, but they do it in like a crass way. Like, well, why would you believe that? Because that's so stupid and blah, blah, blah. I've actually lost friendships over it because people think I'm illogical and incompetent because I have a faith in something that's inexplainable. Right. Well, I mean, like, and don't get me wrong, because like, I mean, that's kind of me personally, I see, how do I put this without sounding like I'm being a dickhead? <laughs> you, you, like, I, <laughs> I, I don't think that Christianity makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. I get the ideas that Christianity is supposed to be. I love that. Not so cool with a lot of the stuff that happened in the books. Yeah. I'm sure that there's a lot of people who are Christians who aren't so cool about, like, some of the stuff that happened in the books. But regardless of that, the overall values and stuff like that that are supposed to be followed or like the teachings of Jesus Christ, I guess I should say, would be the stuff that I'm super okay with. Right. On the other hand, I don't think that it's in my personal morals to have an argument with somebody about that being illogical or them being stupid or anything like that. With the exception of maybe using it for hate. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, and, and, and those sort of or using it in a negative way, let's say. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's a difference between pointing out someone's discrepancies between their actions and their belief system. Yeah. There's a difference between doing that and totally trying to shut someone down for right. what they believe just because you don't understand it. Because for me, my major in college before I quit because I was pregnant um, mm-hmm. or through other cir- yeah. circumstances or whatever. My major was 
biology. Yeah. And the more I learned about biology, the more I was convinced that nothing is random. And the more I'm convinced that everything has a purpose and a bigger meaning. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I have laid awake many a night and thought, if this doesn't have any meaning, meaning, at least I was doing something that was bigger than myself. At least I'm doing the most selfless thing that I can by trying to believe that I don't know everything. Yeah. To never assume that there is any way that I could understand it all. It's interesting to me in this situation because I feel the exact same way, but the exact opposite. As far as like a good example is watching Cosmos. I don't know if you've ever watched Cosmos. Brilliant. There was an episode where the beginning of it was eyes evolving. They also talked about how like every single breed of dog evolved from wolves. You know, so and I don't know the dog thing. We had a lot to do with that. Yeah, exactly. We yeah. absolutely did. Just us yeah. four in this room. Yeah. We bred dogs specifically for our purposes. Yeah. For our purposes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pugs were Same made with horses. To, as garbage disposals. Yeah. And I think that it's really interesting, like, because I watched that and I was like, this is incredible. Like, you know, the eye formed when we were in water and then it over this amount of time period or whatever, then this changed in order to make the picture clearer. And then later on, like, we got out of the water and then the eye just kept evolving because now it's not in water. It's in the air, in the oxygens. And now suddenly, because of that, that's one of the reasons why, because our eyes for millions of years were water eyes and now they're land eyes. That's why our eyesight will go bad because of the fact that, like, it's not yet fully adjusted as time goes on. It just gets worse and worse. But, like, fish don't ever have problems with eyesight at all. Like, there's no real way to... I mean, I, I guess I did, like, tests and stuff like that to see, like, if fish would ever... I've never seen a fish with glasses. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Limpet, but then something. again, Mr. Limpet well, was then, a dolphin. Why is it that it's almost completely necessary for dolphins to use sonar radar rather than vision? That I don't know. And see, a lot of that, for me, mm-hmm. explains that there is a creator. Oh, because they're I, mammals. Yeah, I just wanted to jump in and say, like, the to me, that would make sense that Although they don't have problems with their eyes, they would come up with another thing that can do it better, you know? Like, you were just saying that their eyes don't go bad, right? I, I, I'm a dummy, so, like, I repeat <laughs> things that I, I heard. I might be wrong. So yeah. Let's no. just call up Neil. Yeah. And there are certain fish what? where their eyes could not, as we know them, as we understand what eyes are, where there is a pupil, there are rods and cones, there are light perceptions, right. it's a lens, there's no way that they could even have functioning eyes because the depths of the oceans are so black that there is no light to interpret any kind of image in front of them. Right. So their eyes aren't like ours. Right, exactly. And almost to a molecular level. Right. So what I find interesting about that is why didn't they all evolve? Why just ours? Wouldn't you think it would be advantageous for more animals to be on land where there is more of a resource? Well, I don't know if there's more of a resource, but I think when there was a split where it's like, okay, you know, you guys stay over here and do your thing. We're going to go over here and do our thing. And don't get me wrong, because I'm I'm an armchair scientist. I shouldn't even say scientist. I'm an armchair. I'm a guy who reads stuff on the (laughs) internet and then is like, wow, that really makes sense. Have you ever heard of the stoned ape theory? No. I know the guy's name, Terrence McKenna. He's dead now, but 
I'll prepare you for this. He did a lot of hallucinogens. But he came up with this theory that basically, like, so you have these primates living in the forest, you know, and you're foraging and you're, like, climbing trees and all that mm-hmm. crazy primate shit. As the earth started to, I think it was cool, and the forest started to, like, recede, they started to go into, like, fields to find food. Mm-hmm. And uh, you had the land animals and stuff, and they found animal poop and then they flipped it over and there's these mushrooms that they could eat so like these all natural psychedelics that they started taking and around that same time period that particular strain of primate their brains started developing and then that's how humans became humans because we started taking drugs and that's what started to separate us from and that's a theory. It's not even close to like the theory of gravity or anything like right. that. It's just like some dude who was like, like it's just like some dude who is like super high and was like, you know what? I bet they did drugs too. Well, think about you know children. They spin in the circle. Why do they do that? To get high. To get high. It, there's an instinctual thing where like humans look for some sort of a rush, some sort of an adrenaline thing in order to stimulate the serotonin in our brains and make ourselves think in a different way and and enjoy that excitement. And we have the capacity to do that. Animals do it, too. Like, there's animals who, like, eat mushrooms and marijuana, and then they, like, walk and stumbling around the forest and stuff like that. Um, I don't know why I got on this. I was trying to get back to the, the thing that, like, okay, if I can believe that, and I don't necessarily believe that, but let's say I do for a second, okay. that that's where I think the evolutionary split was. Mm-hmm. And you obviously don't believe that. But yet our morals, our values, what we think is important as far as like helping humanity, helping each other, being good people, being somebody who can be respected, looked up to, being somebody who people can trust. All of those things are pretty dead on with with both of us, even though like it's like that one piece is missing. And I think a lot of the reason why I have such a respect for you is because, like I said before, there was this idea of what a Christian was, and now I've seen, like, what a real Christian is. And it yeah. just... Dylan, Rose's hand. I was just going to say different kind of Christian, because I still hold on to that, that everyone presents a different kind of Christianity to me. So while I want to say that the people in my life that I care deeply for that are accepting and not judgy are real Christians, for all I know, they could be as real as the Westboro Baptist Church. Maybe they're the real ones, and maybe my dudes are the fake ones, even though they say they're the real ones, and they say they're the real ones. I think the safest way to phrase that is to say the ones who exemplify what the Christian faith preaches. There's a lot of really terrible stuff in there, though. You know what I mean? Uh, Yeah, but here's the thing. So one of the main things is that a lot of the Bible is a historic account of the way that things happened. So... I believe that, yes, there were a lot of really crappy things that happened, just like there's really crappy things that happen in every society. Absolutely. It's just these are documented, and they've been given a reason that matches with a lot of the essence of who God is, because God is a very complicated thing, and we, as humans, could never fully encompass it, which is exactly why I can't bring myself to believe that it was ever made up because there are so many facets of it. it's so weird. Yes. <laughs> Dude, you ever see Donnie Darko? That shit was true as blazes. I think it's but. so brilliant yet so simple and so complicated all at the same time. Like have the fact that 
God lives outside of the realm of time and space. That concept is so far beyond my understanding because that's all I've ever known. I can't even place my own thoughts outside of time and space. Yeah. Therefore, I could never understand the way that things work on a cosmic level. Therefore, I can't pretend to understand the whys behind the, the way that things are. What I do know is there is a happy ending at the end of that story. And that is at the essence of what Christianity is. It's Jesus Christ bore the cross, took our sins to repeal the wrath of a father of God, the father. And the reason that God, the father had wrath is because he created what was good and it was corrupted into what was bad. And for me, I've learned a lot about God, the father's heart from having my own child. And there's so much that I see parallel in my relationship with Levi that I see in the biblical references from God to us, that there are things that just blow my mind and they drop into me like, I believe that's when people uh, say that they hear from God. It's those experiences. It's there will be some day where the, he'll eat the fruit, man. You know, yeah. that one thing that you're like, don't do that thing. Because and he's I, already doing it because he's a two year old. And I believe that yeah. we are all a bunch of giant two year olds yeah. who hmm. do things out of selfish motives, who pursue things that we know are bad for us. And we know that are against the wishes of our father. And we do it because we're trying to see why we want to know why daddy says we can't have this and that's understandable right absolutely See, a lot of the time where people explain god to me he sounds like a jerk some of the times other times he sounds awesome and other times it's just like somewhere in between where it's mm-hmm. like uh, you know and, and I, if, if you think about it like god is an eternal god so when we think about death and these mass killings and things we have an eternal life so a death in this world is not the be-all end-all to you. Right. To me. Absolutely. Yeah. To, yeah to so me, I understand yeah. why you would think this is this horrible thing because you've given this person the last breath that they'll ever have. But that's not how I believe. And I believe that's why God punished people with death and famine and all those things, because this part of our lives, this little tiny strip of eternity mm-hmm. that we get 50, 60, 70, 80, whatever years in the grand scheme of things is so minimal. That's interesting. So this is where we are put through the ringer. This is where we experience the worst part of existence. And it's to be with each other and to have a chance to partake in the creative experience. That's something that God gave us as humans is the ability to create is the ability to give life like God gives life and the ability to save life and also the ability to take it. So the thought that we were made in God's image is he's given us a lot of the power that he holds himself, which is why there's murder, why there's war, why there are things that are not all warm and fuzzy. So much of who God is is reflected in who we are as a people. And I think it doesn't have to necessarily do with what's right and what's wrong or whatever, because all of that is subjective. What it comes down to, we are the essence of our creator. That's all we know how to be. So it's a matter of how we take that and how we react to it. Justin, go. I think a lot of where the disconnect comes from, and, I, and I've struggled with this with my own faith journey, is uh, I'll use Job as an example to kind of signify you know, all of humanity, is that Job went through all this really crappy stuff in his life. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, God's like, hey, here's everything back. But 
I think the disconnect with a lot of people is that he still went through all that really shitty stuff for God to say, hey, here's all this other stuff back. Forget about all the stuff that you went through. We Don't all worry go about through it. that, though. That's what I'm saying. You've heard people argue all these points. <clears throat> Everything you're saying, you've heard people argue against. Yeah. And, and I because I was trying to be cool about listening and not being like, well, what about this thing that I thought, you I know, yeah, and not, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, I, and I just think that's where the disconnect is, is that I think people feel like, hey, there might be a reward at the end of this, but this journey here was so terrible. What I think about that is... And I think that's just a really hard thing for people to get past, because why go through all terrible things to get a reward? Why is that not as good as, hey... You can be happy and get the reward. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. And here's what I had to say with that. Okay. So back to using the example of my son. My son fell down the stairs the other day. And I'm sure that that hurt. And I'm sure that that was hard. But he had a decision to listen to me when I said, stop. Do not go down the stairs without mommy. Wait or you will be in trouble. He still decided to go down the stairs. He still took the tumble Mm. and got hurt. Did I lecture him? Absolutely not. Did I hold him and make him feel comforted? Absolutely. He went through this really horrible thing that I could not keep from him because he is his own person with free will. And I had to deal with the repercussions of his actions, knowing that it would mean nothing for him to love me if I had made him. Mm -hmm. And it would be nothing for him to obey me if I make him. It's a choice out of love. Mm -hmm. So when he reciprocates that love by listening to me, he doesn't have to reap the punishment of that. On the other hand, because I have a feeling that this is another question that will come up. What about people who do everything and bad things still happen to them, right? We hurt each other. God does not hurt us. We make a decision to put out harm to one another and to ourselves by the decisions that we make and the way that we interact with each other. That causes the pain that people feel. I don't disagree with that. So in the garden, at the very base of time, in the way that my faith is structured, the very base of time, God always knew that we were going to break his heart. I know that Levi is going to break my heart. He already has. He's already exemplifying his rebellion and his, his defiance against me. And that breaks my heart. But... I knew that that was going to happen, but I still had him because I love him and because he is my world and he's my child and I would do anything for him. doesn't mean he's not going to disappoint me. doesn't mean he's not going to break my heart, but that, that bond that I have with him is so much more than our actions towards each other. Our relationship is so much deeper than you, you know, hitting mommy or mommy getting too frustrated with you. There's so much more give and take there. That is the joy of a parent. That's a really good point. And I think a lot of people don't look at the God-human aspect from a parent-child aspect. I, in fact, this is, aside from somebody being like, uh, you know, like using the words God the Father or the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, I've never really heard that. But it does make a lot of sense. And also the fact that God is not the one who's creating the pain, it's other people. And I know a lot of people would also say, yeah, but God allows that to happen. Because he's given us free will. So if he said, I'm not going to allow you to hurt me, then he's taking back his word, which was, I'm going to give you the choice to do what you want and have dominion over the earth. God has taken back his word before, hasn't he? No. Ever? Never. 
God's never taken back his word? Nope, that's kind of his thing. I don't know. I don't know what you I would be referring to. I read But I, as far as I know, I've read quite a bit of the Bible, and he's never gone I mean, back I mean, on his word. He might be able to say, like, the law, and then he sent Jesus to replace the law, yeah, if that's I, what you mean. It just seems like there's a lot of different contradictions. Oh, so yeah, maybe not as far taking as, like... Back, even with putting that guy through heck and taking everything <laughs> and then, just said heck and then and then giving it back to him in the end like to me that that's but like that we're, story, we're arguing semantics now you right know? well the story goes that the devil approached god and said i bet i can make job yeah denounce you yeah i really don't like the book of job i really don't and that yeah yeah but and God was like gam- a, God was gambling yeah, with, that with like a, a with a human. Yeah. Well, I, here's what he I like. Was, I have a God theory. was confident because he knew Job's heart, and I think it's a difference. What are you going to say, Just Home? <laughs> uh, a million different directions. I have a theory, and it's not biblically based at all, but it helps me kind of feel better about things sometimes. Is that I view emotions as imperfect, and therefore a God who is perfect shouldn't have emotions. Why do you um, view emotions as imperfect? I think they create problems, jealousy, et cetera, et cetera. So... I'm sorry, can you just, like, expand on that? What do you mean by they I think they problems? cloud judgment. I think they cloud judgment. I think they okay. cloud right and wrong okay. a lot of times. So, like, the God of the Old Testament has always seemed to me like to be this grumpy old man who's just out to punish people, who doesn't quite understand what the human race is going through. Like, he says he does, and he's like, I, I understand what you're going through. And then the people down here are like, we're suffering, God. What are you doing? Like, come on. Like, we're hungry. We're tired. We're starving. And is then there, and then all of a sudden... There's a lot more to it. I, yeah, that, I know. I yeah. know. It's just simplifying. Yeah. And then he sends Jesus down. And I think, in my mind, it's that moment where Jesus and God finally realize, like, holy shit, this is difficult for these guys down here. <laughs> but that's funny <laughs> to me because... If you read the issues that happened with the Israelites, which is why God was so mad at them, yeah. it very much relates to that whole parent-child aspect of things. For example, and I can't remember verse or whatever, but I can certainly look it up if you're interested. There was an instance where God had delivered the Israelites' people miraculously. I mean, there was just like no way that they could have ever done it. And God delivered them from the hands of slavery. And said, okay, you want to be free now? I will be your king. And the Israelites are like, no, but we want like a real king. And like, no. And like, please, can we just like have a guy? Because obviously like a guy is going to be more knowledgeable. And God said, you want your king? You got your king. And the king caused so much terror, so much uh, Mm. hardship, so much pain. And they were like, God, why do you hate us? And it's like, are you kidding? Like, seriously? Yeah, this is what you wanted. This is exactly what you wanted. And in so many of those cases where there was war, famine, outbreak of disease, things like that, it was in that situation where the people were like, okay, we love you, God. We're going to worship you just as our God or whatever, except for the next five minutes, we're going to go worship another God. And it's like, people were so fickle and so... Just, and still are. Uh, and, and, still and I are. don't even mean like just those situations, but like a lot of the law from the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Like you can't wear two different types of material. But a lot of, that has of material or like you cultural can't... background that actually makes sense. So, for example, the whole like don't eat pigs thing. Was because it was unclean. Because it's unclean. Right, right. Like literally they are repulsive yeah, they would, animals. And they would get diseases and from Diseases, those, yeah. yeah. And so there were certain things that were definitely more ceremonial, which I totally understand that that's basically what 
you're talking about. It was explained to me like this. There were three different sections of the law, moral law, um, like civil law and something else, but there were different aspects of the law. So people want to take out of context and say, why is this God so big and mean and awful? But like I said, his vision of eternity is much greater than ours. So ending our 70 years on this earth early, probably not a big deal to him because he sees things as so much more eternal, just like I do. What if they go to hell afterwards? Well, I'm almost positive. Don't quote me on this, but for the people that came before Jesus, there's going to be like some kind of like loophole. So I'm not saying that they're safe or not. Don't quote me on that. But I'm almost positive that there's some kind of stipulation for the people that were killed or whatever before. That makes Christ. sense. It's interesting. Yeah. I. And am I one of the only Christian people that you've ever gotten into a debate with that's like not crazy? Because like, I feel like I'm not crazy. No, but... you're not crazy. Okay. I'm, ha- I'm having an okay time. I, I mean, yeah. or is your debate right now? We're having a conversation. I oh, yeah. I mean, but yeah. the whole debate between, like, evolution and Right. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff. And it's funny because you do have an evolutionary background. And, it, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, it, like, you may be saying, I believe in evolution to a degree, like, things evolved in order for I believe in adaptation, be... not yeah. evolution. So I believe just, like, I adapt to my surroundings for survival. I believe in God, but I also believe in science. And there's no solitary evidence that for sure proves one way or the other with evolution and creation. So until that happens, I'm going to go with the one that like, because there's evidence that suggests both, but there's not anything that definitively proves. The trick with science is not can you prove something, but can you disprove something? And there are certain aspects of creationism that haven't been disproven yet. Okay, so um, I get like the um, the E word is definitely a scary word for a lot of people, like evolution, you know, and and like hard ed, yeah, <laughs> like the hard E, uh, <laughs> and like I, I get that. So I mean, like realistically, we are talking about the same thing, though, right? I mean, like adapting from, you know, like what is going to make you, what is the thing that makes you most fit for survival? What is the thing that least to a degree? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. So, yeah, like it it just fascinates me because like, I mean, it's rare for, yeah, I just keep going back to that. Like, I just love that we're not. How I justify that in my mind is saying when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he created two perfect strands of DNA. And if you've ever studied DNA, you know, it's in a double helix in a ladder formation Mm -hmm. in order to procreate those DNA strands come apart, mm-hmm. find a mate, and multiply, right? Right. That's the process of, you know, making new cells and stuff. I had no idea. No? I'm just going with you on that. I <laughs> yeah, like, yes. They basically break apart and yeah. then... Jurassic yeah. Park showed me that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, our different features, my naturally wavy hair compared to your curly hair, those things are made by having breaks in our DNA. Right. So as our DNA becomes more and more imperfect, certain features still stand because those features are necessary for survival. Right. Or better yet, we choose our partners based on how they are able to survive. We recognize features in each other that make good partners. Yeah. So for me, one of the things I'm attracted to 
as far as the opposite sex, is a tall man. Right. Because I know that that man will be able to take care of me and my children. Yeah. He'll be able to physically protect me in the case of a physical altercation. Right. Therefore, our children will be giants because we, we finally used eight. that word yeah. though, by the way right yeah <laughs> so our children will be large yeah their partners will likely be looking for the same thing right that's how that gene gets passed right is because i seek out someone who meets my standard for passing along the genes yeah and i think that's what i mean by saying adaptation is not that yeah. we as humans can pass on genes that helped us survive, but yet we look for in our partners so that our children will be able to exemplify those genes. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's kind of how I justify the two coming together because I don't think it's over the years. My genealogy was more strong or more complete or whatever because of me deciding, you know what? My children should probably have wider hips so they can push those babies through. That has absolutely nothing to do with me. I do know that women who have proportionally smaller waists to hips are usually more attractive, right? That's that would, yeah. generally well, the consensus. Society versus eh, what's nice to the eyes is not as nice to the touch. <laughs> or pleasing. That's Pulp Fiction. I'm ripping it. I'm I'm ripping it up. But oh yes, yes, yeah. yes. Two birds in the yeah. face. So like with one in the hand. Because I want to. I want a pot. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. When it comes to society standards of what's attractive, petite woman is societally, at least North American culture, with hourglass proportions. Yeah. Because that is woman. That is the essential woman right, as right. far as the anatomical, because her thin waist means she's healthy. Her large hips means she's able to bear children. Right. Same with large breasts means she's able to feed lots of babies. Therefore, right. the men go, mm -hmm. she can have my children. She can right. take care of them. She will feed them. She will also not be fat. Right. All of those things. She's going to be able to take care of our young. Yeah. That is what I mean by saying that there is a certain degree of adaptation throughout the years that really reconciles the two. And I think it's a much more recent than evolution will say. It's much more of a recent adaptation, meaning that there's been a lot less time to do it. But if you think about it in the context of those DNAs or the, the helixes are ripping apart and then they're breaking along the way, the strands are breaking, that process happens. It has happened 7 billion times that we know of, as of right now, because there are 7 billion people on this earth. Right. Once you break imperfect strands with imperfect strands, you get more and more of a variety of culture. Magneto. Yeah. Now, now what if you... <laughs> I am so confused. That's okay. What would you say if somebody were to... Yeah, so, I well, to get off that, we are basically on the same page as far as that stuff goes, because... In my mind, it's just like perpetuating the species. Like, that's what we, you know. Yeah. So we're saying the same thing, just in different words. Yeah, yeah I get much. that. Yeah. And different timelines, right? Yeah, different timelines. Yeah, like, time yeah. I mean, oh, there was something you said about the, the evolution of creation, and I don't want to really... But, like, creationism, if I offend you, I apologize. But mm -hmm. Or any To the listener, if I offend you, I apologize. For somebody to be like, the Earth is less than 10,000 years old. Mm -hmm. There's so much more to explain... Then there is to be like, okay, it's millions and millions. You know what I mean? And I understand like a lot of it is the fact that 
humans have a hard time with big numbers. Mm-hmm. And uh, my stepdad and I, because he's getting le- less devout, but he still considers himself Christian, even though he believes in creationism. But he also thinks that God is basically an alien. And the virgin birth that was basically like him injecting DNA into Mary and then 7,000 years makes perfect sense to him because it's a God year, not a human year. And so 7,000 years in his time, if you live on a planet that's way further out in the orbit from a star, your days are much longer. So like that's how he kind of explains all that. And there could be some truth to that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. But just the 7,000 years period, the story of Noah, two and two, and I get that, like, you know, no animals ate meat, so they wouldn't eat each other. And it would be less animals than we have now because of the fact that, you know, animals did adapt after the flood and all that stuff. But still, it's just like, I mean, things like that. I totally get somebody saying to me, no, like, this is a story of what happened where, you know, people were effing up and now God was like, okay, well, now you're going to get some rain you know, and like, you guys are going to have to start over now. Don't make me do it again. You know what I mean? As opposed to this is literally what happened. I really think that the idea of it being in my head and and I don't want to sound like an ass. I agree with you. 100%. Yeah. I think more people would be like, oh, I'm not supposed to take this literally. Awesome. Yes. These are great stories about, hey, this guy fucked this guy over and he had to pay for it. Right. You know, people did these terrible things and they were punished. This guy did some really awesome stuff and he was rewarded. As you know, explaining your stepdad's thing, I was going to say to me, that's just as valid as the Westboro Baptist interpretation as your interpretation, as his interpretation. And then I'm like, yeah, you know what I mean? That's clearly like, this is how it makes sense to me. Right. And I think that's where I started finding where I was more like, Oh, maybe, or maybe not, but to each their own is like, we all have to reconcile something in ourselves with something else out there or not out there. Yeah. And I reconcile that my own way and other people have different interpretations of a ton of different faiths. Yeah. And I have my own interpretation. So who am I to say like, you're wrong because you believe this thing. Yeah. To me, that doesn't sound logical to you. Mine doesn't sound logical. There was a whatever. Yeah. There was a long time where I despised blindly there were certain things. One of them was a person who identified as Christian because of the fact that I was angry, you know, and now I've just come to accept the fact that we can all be good people and also not believe the same ultimate whatever. Yes. Maybe the only time that I ever do get offended is when somebody says that you can't have any morality without some type of religion. And Mm -hmm. I'm not just saying that Christians say that because it's certainly not just Christians that say that. There's a couple of things that I wanted to just mention real quick. Number one, I do think that so much of our morality stems from this idea that there is an ultimate good and that there is an ultimate evil. And regardless of what you want to call that, there's no reason that us, if we're going to go back to the whole animal thing, there's no reason that I should feel guilty about taking what is yours if it helps me, right? So stealing your food, to feed my family is still stealing. Stealing right. from a corporation is still stealing. Right. No. Hurting people. <laughs> right. uh, well, Dylan hates just, corporate. Just taking back what they stole in the first place. So. Yeah. Well, okay. So Maybe hurting people. Okay. Yeah. If it takes yeah. hurting you to take your food so that my kid can survive, I Why? shouldn't care. 
if all we are animals and this is all that there is and there is no ultimate good and there is no ultimate evil, it should be every man for himself. There should be no concern for other people. There should be no concern for anything. I can't follow that in my head. Like even removing the ultimate and the ultimate out of it and just saying like, oh, empathy. We can communicate. I can recognize a sadness in your eyes if I were to hurt you as the one that would be in my eyes if I was hurt. I think the point that I'm trying to go with here is that our morality that most people would consider to be good and evil stems from this idea that there is a good in us. And that doesn't come from nowhere. Because if we came from animals and we are still in touch with our animal side, that should be the number one thing. I think it's survival. there for sure, but I think society has taught us to repress that. Why? Because, what I'm trying to get at, though, it, is why would society ever teach us that? Survival of your species. Right. Survival of, of your species should be every man for himself. Kill before you get killed. Or, take before you get taken you, from. But, but that just won't live through it. Yeah, that's why? a survival of the... You're if killing you're, your species off. But he's saying a governmental ruler structure and laws to better the entire group. Yeah. Not one person. Yeah, societal right. evolution. But I don't understand what you mean when you say it's killing off your species because all I should care about is my clan, my genes. Say this all goes to crap. We have no more government. We have no more rules. I'm talking about morality, not law. Morality is I'm not going to hurt you because it's wrong. Uh-huh. Because it's not good, it is painful, it causes harm into the world. I think that's just empathy. Yeah, but why would we develop empathy if there wasn't something to inspire that? But why? Because evolution should, in fact, turn us in the other direction. Wait, there's animals that have empathy? Mm -hmm. Dolphins. And and killer whales. Yeah. Dolphins also have rapists and stuff, though, so. Yeah. yeah. Dolphins are pretty close to people. But I feel like we're all kind of saying the same thing in that it sounds like what you're saying is not necessarily because you use the word like your group, your tribe, your clan. It's not necessarily that you would kill every other human in order. Like you wouldn't take from your group, but you would take from other groups. Like if there were no ultimate good or ultimate evil. Right. I think that that's interesting because I think a lot of it is the empathy thing. And in me personally, like I don't feel like, and maybe it's just because I want to, there might be a bit of, how do I put it? Fuck. I can't think of the word. Pride behind, like, well, I come up with this idea where I think that this is good. Because, I mean, I haven't been a religious person. Uh, there was a time when I uh, I tried it out. It wasn't for me. Uh, but I didn't inhale, though. Yeah, I, I did not inhale. <laughs> um, it's so heavy. I'm just trying to throw jokes <laughs> Yeah, out. Somebody laugh at that. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. and But I think that that might be one of the things where... That might be the ultimate stalemate because of the fact that there's no way for the person who's saying, like, it comes from, even if it's a subconscious belief uh, in... So you're not even saying it comes from the Bible. You're saying it comes from God somewhere. Yeah. Okay. I guess there's I don't, no way I don't think there is a... Until... To be honest, I don't think there is an evolutionary advantage to having empathy. Or yeah. Emotion. Here's my example. Here's where that stalemate comes to an end. Say that your son is in the hospital. hmm Okay? And someone else's kid is also in the hospital. Mm-hmm. there's one heart and it's your decision. Whoever gets the transplant, eat, who are you going to save? Eat the heart. Just eat it, Bill. I don't... Indiana Jones style. The reason why I bring yeah. that up is no, because even good, if you yeah. have empathy, you're still going to save your own. Yeah. That, At the end of the day, it's still your kid. Right. That makes a lot of sense. But I think that that is... Um, 
that's an awfully extreme circumstance. And, like, it's a very good point, too, because, like, you're absolutely right. But I also know that there was a study done where they were asking men this question all over the world. You're on a boat. You have three people with you. You have your child. You have your mother. And you have your wife. The boat's sinking. You've got two life vests. You already have one. Like, you can save yourself. You can only save one other person. Who do you save? Most Americans pick their child. The oh. runner-up was... I was, was going to say the mother and the child. The runner-up was the mother. I, you have two life vests, right? No, no, no. They, they can you only they can save one. themselves. They can save the themselves and one other person. Can they you. not save themselves? I, I fucked up with the life vest part. Forget about life vest. They okay. can only save one person. Uh, they can okay. save, okay. yeah, they can gotcha. save one person. The life vest is sense? part of their body. Okay. Yes. It got infused in them in the plane crash. Yeah. You can <laughs> only save Justin. one person. Number one was the kid. Number two was the wife. In the mother. Number two is the mother. No, not in America. In almost every other country, it was mother by a landslide because the mentality is you can always find another wife. You can always have another kid. But in American society, we value the life of children so much more because like the mentality is, well, she's older. She's lived a good life. I had my time with my wife, but my kid has his entire life ahead of him. And it even comes down to like because of the whole pronoun thing, like even the people who didn't have a child, they automatically place a he on it because of the whole, you know, passing on your genes and everything. I did. I placed a he on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, did you not say he? I said he, but before when you I were said explaining, he. Oh. Yeah. yeah he, it, it, he said child's mother, and even yeah. the other two were female. Yeah. Mother and wife. I said child at the beginning. Sexism, yeah. man. Yeah, exactly. That's just the way people think. I wonder if women would put a daughter on it if you asked where a did, woman that Where do we find a woman? I think... I don't know. Husband, father, and I wonder what, do they, we have what a gender woman? they would put on Do we have any women in the room? Oh, wait. That's She's me. already heard the question. Oh. Yeah, but I think I would <sighs> still pick my son. Yeah. And you have a son. I have a son. Yeah. Um, I, I'm if just I wondering had a what... daughter, it would be different. I pick myself twice. But I, I did assume it was a boy as well. That's fucking sexism. Is like male yeah. default. The whole thing is that the, yeah, the man can carry on the gene. The man is the stem and everyone else is the branches. Like all the kids are the branches, so if I have my son, he and carries on our family the water. name. Right, that was one of the reasons why my a lot of my family got mad because I took my now ex wife's name when we got married. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you said stem, I was going to ask what you mean because the woman can carry on the genes too, right? The girl. Yeah, but as you're far as the name, name gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Because it's if you're going by clan, that's usually what it is. You're organized by this patriarchy or whatever. Right. The patriarchy. Let's let's wrap this up and do a short one. This has been a weird episode of Serving Ice. Thanks yeah. so much for listening. This Thank is... you for uh, talking about that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And we're all still friends. Yeah. yeah. And no one yelled at each other and no fists were thrown. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, you're in a room full of nonviolent people, so. Yeah. Except for Justin. He's a real killer. <laughs> I Justin's getting weird. I he's tired. Everybody. I eat everybody. <laughs> there are horror movies in the trunk. <laughs> Thanks for listening. My name's Dylan. I'm J Dog. That's actually Justin. I'm Bill. I'm Kaylin. Thank Ch- you for coming. Chillax. Thanks for having me. Where do they find everybody? Uh, morals are. No, we don't do that. Let's just forget that. Religion. Morals are Religion. half morals. Morals are half morals. Morals are half morals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Find us. Where do we find Kaylin? We'll have it in the box. On the Chillax. Um, okay. Chillax. Do you, you want to plug your stuff oh, just in case um, somebody didn't I mean, yeah, one? you can find me on Instagram at Kaylin Crafter. 
um, and that's K-A-L-Y-N. And then um, on Twitter at Hey, it's KK93. Chillax. Cool. Okay. Chillax. Thanks, thanks Chillax. for listening. <laughs>